Hello and welcome to the Retro Game Time Machine Podcast. At the time of recording, it is August 30th, 2020. I am Mash the Newton and joining me through a series of tubes is Andy the Android. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm hanging in there. It, it was kind of a exciting weekend, a, a little tired today, but just kind of taking it easy. Uh, how about you? Uh, trying to do pretty much the same thing. It's been an exciting weekend for me as well, but for a very different reason. Uh, and also just, uh, wow, hard for me to say apparently that I am also trying to take it easy. Um, did a little bit of grocery shopping this morning. Um, I really didn't want to, I wanted to Instacart, but I figured, uh, I should be able to pick everything out myself and, and thankfully and surprisingly, uh, cause it was Sunday morning at the time of my shop, there was hardly anybody at the grocery store. So oh. Nice. That's the great, like, you know, question of 2020. Do I, you know, order it for delivery or do yeah. I go get it myself? Because I've, I've started doing like, um, I, I signed up for like dash pass and dash pass isn't sponsoring oh, okay. this video, but, um, <laughs> but I, I totally just did a free trial. I don't know if I'll keep it. We'll see. Um, but it is pretty magical to tap something on your phone and it just show up on your doorstep like 20 minutes later. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I might, I might sign up for something like that, uh, in the coming weeks when I will be flying solo at home. Um, but who knows? Um, anyway, let's see what else, what else been going on? Uh, uh any, anything else in the, the past few days for you? Not, uh, in particular, I haven't been playing a ton of variety of games, which we'll get into a little bit later, but, um, you know, I, so I've been kind of focusing on a few core titles, um, yeah. you know, uh, spoiler, you know, part of our, our going back in time, um, that's coming up. That was a considerable yes. amount of time, uh, for me, but yes. uh, I, I was definitely enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. A lot of the stuff, uh, that I did play, cause I, I've got a few things that are kind of all over the place. Uh, that was early into, uh, I guess the time right after our previous episode. So I, I spoiler alert, did not get to play as much as you uh, on Psychonauts, um, but still did get to experience a decent amount of it. And I'm looking forward to our time travel adventure later uh, as we talk about it. Um, and let's see. Yeah, and, and also a big part of the reason, or actually not a big part, the reason why I did not get to play as much is uh, because of... Like there, there have been fires that have been going on in California, and I am somewhat near one of them, and so are you, kind of in a, in at least in a physically different area. But you know, I think the same fire or range of fires were affecting us, um, and I just decided to evacuate. Even though I wasn't officially in an evacuation zone, there was one that was pretty close uh, to where I live, so I thought you know better safe than sorry. Might as well take up the time to uh, like pack up the important stuff and slowly get out of town for a little while. Um, instead of, you know, if things actually got worse then having to very quickly do all of that and take cats and pack and, you know, try to get out of town the same time as everyone else. So 
I am so glad that it turns out that I did that for no reason. Yeah. Um, that is the best case scenario is, <laughs> is, is that that whole thing was pointless. Um, and it was, except it was also nice to be able to see my parents since I hadn't, I hadn't really seen them um, for any considerable amount of time since last year, which is silly because they only live a few hours away. Um, but it's also not silly because COVID. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, that's that was why I didn't get to to play as much of Psychonauts as I had hoped to. But um, we'll talk about all that stuff later. Um, anything else to well, to banter about before we jump in the news? Yeah, I certainly don't blame you too, because with you know, since there's if there's any time there's really poor air quality problems, and oh, you don't have an air conditioner in the summer, it's oh, like yeah, that's yeah. also what was going on. No, yeah. no AC, and couldn't open the windows, and it was really, really smoky outside. Um, so I'm I'm super happy that uh, we we got back home yesterday. Um, my house did not smell like smoke and we've actually had some pretty decent air quality. So we were able to air out the house yesterday and even have the windows open for a bit this morning. So yeah, you're nice. quite literally smoked out of your house. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's great to be home. Um, back in my own bed, back cooking in my own kitchen, back sitting in my wonderful uh, computer chair that I really missed for the entirety of last week when I was trying to work um, from a couch, from a kitchen mm-hmm. table, from a bedroom, um, having no real home base and doing everything on my laptop again. Um, definitely was not an optimal experience for work, but I am very fortunate that I was able to actually do that. So um, yeah, anyway, glad to be home where, where my games are. Um, and yeah, finally get to do some more gaming and all the, all the things you take for granted, you know, from being away from home. Right. It's like no place like home as they say. Yep. But I did get to eat some really great food with my parents, got to celebrate my stepdad's birthday with him. Um, which is the first time, first time that I've done that in person with him on his actual birthday in, in a number of years. Um, so that was also cool. Had a really that is nice, super cool. Yeah, had a really nice dinner that uh, my partner made for all of us. This uh, chorizo pasta, um, man, delicious. Yeah, sign me up. That's, yeah, <laughs> he had me at chorizo. So. Yes, and man, it was really good chorizo uh, from the butcher that my stepdad goes to. Uh, nice. Um, I think that is that's it for me on. Uh, I guess personal news. Uh, anything, anything from you before we move on into gaming news? Uh, no, that's uh, that's about it. I, I anticipate I'm going to have some more time for gaming these next couple of weeks uh, since my partner uh, will probably be uh, taking a trip, but uh, we'll see. So yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, for pretty much the same type of reasons, mm-hmm. uh, except it's not because your partner is going on a trip. That's not why I have more game time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be really weird. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's hop into what's been going on news-wise in the game world. And the first thing up in this list is something that I was very surprised by and very also happy to see. Um, oh, sorry. Oh, 
I put something else in, in slot one. Well, I'm, I am also surprised and happy to see this too, uh, is that there is a potential new model uh, or hardware revision of the Nintendo switch coming next year. Um, it, you know, it has, it's got the graphics, it's got more graphics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's possible they could be releasing something, um, a little bit more powerful than what currently is out. Um, but not, you know, a switch Two. I think this would be something akin to the new Nintendo 3DS as compared to the Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, I think you're you're right on there. And also, uh, you know, Nintendo, um, I, I think it's really interesting. I think kind of like, uh, you know, American media outlets like sort of misinterpret how Nintendo like does its public speaking or if there's something that's very specific to Japan. But um, Nintendo has been like, you know, uh, vehemently like refusing any claims that this console is in development or exists. Um, but you know, I think it's, if this comes out, it is clear that this has been in their, their wheelhouse for quite some time. Um, And I I have another example is usually like when um, the Nintendo switch was like first announced um, and it had a project name that escapes me right now. Um, I thought of the revolution, but that was the Wii. But anyway, um, there is, yeah, that's right. No, wait, no. I thought that was dolphin was the Wii. Uh, Dolph, Dolph, uh, that was the GameCube, I believe. Dolphin was the GameCube because I, I was pretty sure since that's how the, the GameCube emulator became Dolphin. But okay, okay, that makes sense then. So I, I, I think, um, but anyway, before the Nintendo Switch had a name, um, oh, you know what? I think you are right about next. the revolution. It, Sorry, it, <laughs> it was, yes, uh, it was, uh, the Nintendo Next, I think is what they were calling it at the time. And the the whole thing is that they were going to introduce this product and the Wii U was still going to exist. And ah, they were going to be like, moves. yeah, they were like, okay, well, we're just adding another pillar to yes. our hardware. But, um, you know, that totally didn't happen. And pretty much as soon as the, Wis- the Wii, or excuse me, the Switch became an, a success, the uh, Wii U was quickly swept under the rug. So as far as development goes. Um, yeah. So it, it still, it does exist. They're not lying. You can still buy games using, you know, like online. There's, um, you know, still, you can still download games, existing games, but no new games are coming out for the Wii U is my understanding. Well, I beg to differ. Okay, okay. You're going to have to tell uh, so me about that. <laughs> there's, there's literally one example I can think of because I just pre-ordered it, uh, which was Project, wait, Oh no, not Project uh, Showdown Hawaii. Oh, is that what it's called? Is it? It's coming out on the Wii U. Dang it! Is that what it's called? Am I? Oh, Shakedown, not Showdown. What am I talking okay. about? Okay. Shakedown Hawaii. So that's out already on the Switch, and I think other platforms. It just got a physical release on the Wii U and on the Wii. That's pretty random, but I yeah. think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, for 30 bucks, I ordered it for the Wii U uh, directly from V-Blank Entertainment. Um, so I think that's actually was supposed to have shipped in the past couple of days. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout for that. One of, one of the last games <laughs> to come out as a brand new release uh, for the Wii U. Yeah, and going back to like the Switch revision too, I'm I'm yeah. really excited. I 
got my switch on launch day and have loved it ever since, but, uh, I'm definitely had it long enough to where I'm thinking about an upgrade when one becomes available. Yeah. Um, I don't always go that route and do like console revisions and updates, but I think that I, I would con- definitely consider that uh, for the Switch. I mean, I know there's already been a hardware revision where like there's better battery life. Um, and that, I don't know, that just wasn't quite enough for me to think like, yep, that's what I need. But yeah, um, if, you know, if they do have uh, graphic updates, uh, you know, to, for the GPU um, or more RAM or something, I think that'd be really nice. Even, even if it doesn't do a lot, you know, for the existing visuals for the game, if it, if it can make some of the frame rate in, you know, games like Overwatch um, more solid, then I think that would that that would probably be worth it. I think so. If they can just kind of, yeah, give it a little, you know, like Sony's boost mode, um, maybe just make it so that the display options natively support 4K, not necessarily play all games in 4K. Yeah. Um, I think that would be definitely worth it um, because it just makes sense to me. NVIDIA's chips, I think the chips that they're using, uh, their SOCs, they are capable of doing 4K because it's oh, kind wow. of, it's similar to what, um, is in the NVIDIA Shield. So, gotcha. and that is a 4K streaming box and gaming machine. So it's... Oh yeah, you're right. It seems normal to me. So it's just natural evolution. So we'll see. Yeah. So that'd be cool. But also if it doesn't happen, whatever. I still like my Switch. Um, all right, next item. Uh, the uh, The thing that I originally was saying, I'm really looking forward to this and uh, was surprised is that there is a new official Left 4 Dead 2 update uh, coming to, well, Left 4 Dead 2. And I think it's been, like, I think that game released 11 years ago, and it's it's getting a new update. Um, I'm excited. Uh, so it, it's, admittedly, this content is not made by Valve, but I I almost think that that's cooler that they're releasing this as official content for the game because it's community made. It's a campaign called Last Stand. Um, and it's coming as an official part of the game. I think uh, I think Valve has a really great track record of embracing their like fan-made content and community content as something that exists as, you know, it's, it's as an official part of the game um, or even an official part of the universe. Uh, and part of the reason I'm saying that is because when you look at the list of the Half-Life games on Steam, Black Mesa is listed as like officially with all of the Half-Life games and they didn't make it. It was mm-hmm. made by the Crowbar Collective, like people that just loved the original Half-Life so much and recreated it from the ground up in uh, in the source engine. And it's so it's so cool to see Valve really like supporting and even like thanking the fans in this kind of way um, for standing by the content that they've made. Yeah, it's kind of the uh, fans pipe dream, right? You know, they yeah. in a way they became Valve developers without actually yeah. being Valve developers. That's <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited to try this out, um, whenever it drops. 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's really good, you know, fan projects out there that, you know, people have made. Um, have you ever heard of um, Sonic Robo Blast 2? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, so we're going to have to talk about that at some point, but okay. I'm, I want to fire it up. But basically, uh, Sonic Robo Blast was a very cheap knockoff of um, a Sonic game that came out like 15 years ago or something. But um, Digital Foundry just put up a video kind of analyzing um, Sonic Robo Blast 2, which was in development also for like a decade, <clears throat> but is a completely original um, Sonic fan mod that... Uh, is built in the Doom engine, which is kind of oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 something to see. You can you can definitely see the way that the camera pans and why it's a Doom game. But it and it's, so it's it's first person. It's it's actually third person. Oh, okay, <laughs> but the way the camera pans, it's like yeah, no, that's Doom. That's how the camera rotates. But so it's, uh, they it's they went for like a, a Sonic Adventure type feel but with like doom graphics uh yeah yeah kind of in a way it's it it definitely you you know you'll just have to actually have to check out a video because it is really hard to describe it's something that feels like a mode 7 where it's like 2d graphics imitating 3d but it's uh it's really cool (laughs) yeah i definitely would be interested in checking that out um cool well the next thing also i guess it's related to steam uh, there is a new Steam chat filter coming um, where you will actually be able to control a bit of what you end up seeing in this chat filter. And you can uh, either add different words, remove different words that are automatically in the filter, depends on you know, you know, each, each person, which I think is a really nice way to go about uh, filtering. Yeah, and I think this is a, a great, you know, uh, I'm sure it's in response to uh, sort of like the refocus that, you know, the world is having on equality um, and equity and just everyone, in my opinion, or as I like to simply put it, everyone learning to be nice to each other. (laughs) So um, anyway, without digging into that, I I think this is really cool, you know, just a, a way to try and just push the industry to be like maybe a little less toxic. Um, online yeah and it's i i I personally i can't say anything i sorry i can't see anything bad coming from this yes true and i I always like i'm i'm always working on myself you know like it's all even just like with trash talk online i try and keep it like friendly you know like i want people to realize that yes we're playing against each other in this game but i don't hate you as a person you know yeah, exactly <laughs> um so i you know i caught myself a little bit in a of course i i wouldn't use anything like racial slurs or someone's gen- no, gender into question or something yeah, like that but i uh, flat out inappropriate it is inappropriate but you know i did find myself um trash talking a little bit i'm like this is mean i don't actually need to do this <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, well, you know, if, if, uh, if everything, if everyone's going along with it, then I think it's hilarious to trash talk each other. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I tend, I tend not to do it in like public online games. Mm-hmm. Um, unless like, I don't know, I usually only sometimes, I guess, I guess people bait me a little bit and then I come back and I reply, but I'm never the first one to say anything. <laughs> sure. If someone's being like that much of a jerk, um, I really try to then focus on 
them in the game and making them have a less good time if possible. Um, (laughs) But half the time that backfires and then I just end up doing worse and then I just stay quiet. (laughs) It becomes a rivalry, right? You know, so (laughs) I need to make sure that that guy, you know, um, yeah. Uh, uh, I maybe I talk about it a little bit more in my StarCraft too, but it's like, hey, that guy has the ability to mess with me. I need to make sure that that guy can't play this game effectively for the rest of this game. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that's that made me think in uh, in Pavlov VR, which I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, especially if there was somebody who had their mic on that was kind of annoying. I would seek them out and as quietly as I could run around the map with only my grenade in my hand. Like I literally like threw my gun somewhere else, didn't care about it. So I just have my pistol and a grenade and I'm walking around with the pin already pulled, holding down the lever. And then as soon as I see the person let go of the lever and run towards them as quickly as I can, holding the grenade in front of me, to just try to put it in their face. Or I I also, if I've snuck up behind somebody, I'll do all of that. And then I let the let the lever go, like as I'm putting it in front of their face, standing behind them. <laughs> Doing that in VR is hilarious. <laughs> like trolling people. They, I mean, it's not really trolling people, but like having fun with people in that way where they're like, they're standing, they're sniping and you just like tiptoe up behind them, bing, <laughs> grenades in their face. And then you hear them on the mic go, oh my God, what the, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like my favorite thing to do in that game. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole new aspect. That's, that's so funny. Seriously. Like, <laughs> Uh, I've, I've been crying from laughing so hard playing this game in that way and like, and not treating it like a serious shooter. But anyway, I'm going off the rails. We're talking about, you know, chat filters and people Uh being gross and terrible and, uh, trash talking in a fun way, an accessible way. Um, so, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on from that and go to the next news item, which, um, I'm I'm becoming pretty excited for uh, Star Wars Squadrons. There was a new gameplay preview video that was just released, and man, does it look fun! Um, it, it looks beautiful. I, I can't wait, it, <laughs> like the visuals look awesome. There's going to be a single player campaign. Um, it fully supports VR. It basically it looks like. Um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron for the N64, the way that I remember it. Yes. Like in my mind, that's the way (laughs) that this game looks, Um, which I'm sure that if I were to pop my cart in my N64 right now, I'd be like, wow, that is definitely not the way that uh, I remember. But yeah, it, it looks so good. Like I cannot wait to play this. Yeah, I didn't know that it fully supported VR, so that's exciting. And I was also kind of mad watching that trailer because I'm like, this looks like something that supports like a like a Hotas setup. And I was (laughs) like, yeah, oh man, I really don't want to buy one of those, but it would be so much better. uh, Anyway, with one, you don't go full like Hotas. Uh, and, and for those who have like wonder what silly thing we're saying, uh, it's H O T A S hands on throttle and stick. 
Yes. Um, yes. So, so a flight stick with yeah, throttle. For, for a flight stick with a separate throttle control. Um, I, I have a joystick where it has a little throttle thing on it, but it's not its own full separate, um, separate device. Totally. I think, I mean that, and also, um, you know, I'm a fan of war thunder as well. I would love to like revisit war thunder with, you know, the hotel setup as well. So anyway, I, I don't want to, but I think kicking and screaming, I'm going to end up buying one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, at least, at least some kind of joystick. Yeah. Um, cause then that would be great for playing Microsoft flight simulator 2020, which I have definitely more to say about later. Yes. Yeah. Likewise. Um, so yeah, very excited for uh, Star Wars Squadrons. I think it's coming out the first week of October or sometime around then. Um, so very excited to have something new in VR coming. Um, and speaking about something new coming, you can sign up via one of Sony's websites to be directly notified of how and when to pre-order the PlayStation 5. This is exciting. I think this is, um, it sounds like they're taking an organized approach, which I think is smart because I am betting that this is going to be hard to come by. PS, PS5s are going to be pretty scarce. Yeah. It, and also on that website that I linked to, they explicitly say that. They're like, hey, wow. it's going to be it's going to be limited quantity, uh, you know, on release day, um, which I would expect because everything in the world is a bit different when it comes to shipping and manufacturing right now. Things are not as well oiled as they once were. It's also a little hard to um, separate sort of the hype from, uh, you know, what kind of hardware is actually in this thing because, you know, kind of everyone's expecting this console to be like super powerful, but we have no idea like what the exact specs of each component are inside of this thing. (laughs) I think we have maybe a ballpark, but uh, anyway, I just, um, I I imagine they are pushing boundaries here. So this is new technology uh, at the same time. So. Yeah. I just hope they don't uh, pull a PS3 and say that you need to get a second job to (laughs) be able to pay for this. No, I think they learned their lesson. Oy. Yeah, I, um, I hope so. I don't too. imagine that they'll do that, but just wanted to bring that back up because uh, I remember that when the PS3 launched. I'm like, oh, I need a second job. No, I'm just not going to buy your console, which I did ultimately end up buying it much later. Sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, so with the PS5 coming out this year, are you planning on getting that um, at launch? Um, not myself. And, you know, I, uh, the reason is, is I've become sort of a late adopter when it comes to consoles since I'm kind of PC first these days. Um, it's actually, I'm, I'm kind of amazed when I look at what I've been playing and I haven't picked up a single, you know, like a console game in (laughs) quite some time. Um, but, uh, I, I will eventually definitely have to experience what is exclusive on the PlayStation. And that's sort of my strategy. I kind of got, you know, I was an early adopter on the PS3. I paid the $600 for the 60 gigabyte model. <laughs> so, yeah, but now you still, so that just means though that you have one of the best versions of the PS3 that that exists right now. Cause yours is PS2 backwards compatible, right? Yeah. Well, I also got like, 
the second hardware revision of the Xbox 360, which was still very much in the red ring of uh, death. Yeah, the the second revision. Wait, yeah, the the second version of it. That was the one that uh, they introduced the HDMI port, right? Uh, no, actually. So maybe um, I'm trying to remember exactly, but I didn't get it at launch. But it was before they were putting HDMI on the on the 360 for sure. Okay. Hmm. So it may have been a first version. It was, uh, I know the 360 had like, they they had the uh, CD drive had the white or faceplate at some point, but mine had the silver. So I think that also kind of indicated which, it was, it was very early. <laughs> yeah. Just say that. I had, I had six of those mm-hmm. uh, because of the red ring. Issue. Yeah. So that was the best PS3 to buy, but also um, I got the worst Xbox. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, I, I also I I'm not going to be pre-ordering the PS5 to get it at release. Um, I don't know when I'm going to get it. I know I eventually will because um, I like having all the things if I can. Um, yes. Because, you know, I, I might skew towards different platforms a little bit more heavily than others. Um, but I, I honestly, I like them all. Um, I think there's definitely great things about every console that is out and has been out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, still on the subject of PlayStation, Fall Guys. Have you played Fall Guys? Not yet. I've somehow avoided playing Fall Guys. <laughs> well, I, I've played it a little bit. Um, I did not contribute to this number because I have lapsed my PS Plus subscription. But Fall Guys is the most downloaded game in PS Plus history. Prior to Fall Guys, it was Rocket League, which wow. I'm not surprised by because that was how I got introduced to Rocket League. And wow, that was a great idea. Um to release that game via PS plus. And I think it was also a great idea to release this game via PS plus. Cause I think that fall guys, uh, wait, and who, who made fall guys? Um, that's double fine. Uh, actually, no, I don't think it was double fine, but I could I, be wrong. I'm probably just thinking double fine because of psychonauts. Um, but yeah, fall guys. Um, I think they were expecting like high numbers, that they would maybe end up doing like a hundred K 200 K in sales, maybe, um, which I know that PS plus is not a direct sale, but there were still, I think, uh, oh man, actually, I'm not going to say a number. There were a lot, um, of sales on the, for the steam version. And I am one of those people who purchased it on steam. Yeah. I, um, Mediatonic was that developer, um, Got it. for okay. fall guys, but I, uh, you know, I I used to download um, PlayStation Vita games from PlayStation Plus just to claim them without actually owning a Vita. So I did, I did that too until I got a Vita. <laughs> yeah, well, I never got one, so that was kind of funny. But oh, you can still <laughs> yeah. get one. Yeah, I, I I'll I'll look into it. Um, but uh, one day. Um, and anyway, I also so I missed Rocket League. Um, on PlayStation Plus for some reason. Oh, I just no. wasn't playing my PlayStation at the time. And I might actually miss this if I don't hurry <laughs> to get Fall Guys on PlayStation yeah, Plus. So, yeah, I'll, I'll totally do that. It's a good game. That. It's fun. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple and ridiculous. Um, but it it's it's really easy for anyone to pick up and understand. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, maybe 
easy to learn and probably difficult to master, I imagine. I don't know. I don't even know if there's <laughs> skill involved in this game from the the little bit that I've played. But I'm saying that as somebody who's, I think, never... I, I don't know if I've ever placed in the top 20. Um, but, well, yeah. Because I, I think I've only made it to the third round once ever. Um, I usually get knocked out in the first or the second round. Um but it's a lot of fun. I definitely look forward to playing more of it. And uh, let's see, the last thing, well, this isn't actually news, but uh, I just saw this yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday, and then I just made you watch it right before we started recording. <laughs> uh, there's, if, if you search via YouTube uh, for cooking with G-Man, head crab jambalaya, um, it is, it is hilarious. Uh, somebody made it with the source filmmaker too, and they're using the half-life Alex assets. And I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of this parodied cooking with Christopher Walken, uh, video from the internet from, I don't know, many, many years ago. I can't remember the comedian's name, but he's doing an impersonation of Christopher Walken. And I also just realized from watching this, how similar the cadence in speech G-Man is to Christopher Walken. I mean, I'm not saying like their inflection and everything is the same, but there's, there's certain things about the way that they both speak that remind me of each other. Yeah, they definitely have a um, very, I, I think that's what's kind of interesting about both of those characters is they sort of play with the timing on how they say things and to either comedic or um, probably more in the case of G-Man in a creepy way. <laughs> so yes, very creepy. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, it creepy, funny video, lots of Half-Life fan service in that video too. Um, so I, I recommend it. Yeah. Um, Definitely, definitely check it out if you remotely like Half-Life and you know who the G-Man is. Um, it's totally worth searching it and watching for it. I especially love uh, when he's talking about unforeseen consequences, um, and I'll leave it at that. Um, so that's that's all I have to say about that. Is there any other news that we did not put in our outline that you've just realized exists that you want to mention? Um, you know, I, uh, I, I don't, um, I think, uh, I think we're good. I think we're ready for the time machine. Well, it's funny now that I said that I want to, I want to throw out one little uh -oh. thing. Um, so this, this apparently was announced in July and I think that makes sense, um, based on everything, but it feels, it feels like it wasn't that long ago slash also feels like it was longer than that, um, which doesn't really make sense, but that's how 2020 feels. Um, the Sega Astro City Mini is going to be available uh, on Amazon or is available on Amazon Japan for pre-order. Uh, comes out, I think, sometime in December, um, but it, it very much looks like the uh, Neo Geo SNK Mini. Um, pretty much same form factor, but looks like the Sega Astro City arcade cabinet. And I think has like 36 or 40 games or something on it. Um, I'm really excited because I love the look of those uh, cabinets. And I also like those Sega games that are going to be on it. 
Um, but yeah, I just want to throw that out there in case anyone was not aware. And if you like old Sega arcade games. So with all that being said, I guess it's time to step on into the time machine and uh, go talk about Psychonauts. So now, actually, no, we haven't arrived. We're going to 2005. I didn't even say where the heck we were going. We're going to 2005. Uh, and we're going to be talking about Psychonauts when we get there. Uh, so let's step in the machine right now. And we're now in 2005. Um, and now that we're in 2005, I think I hear, I think I hear Candy Shop by 50 Cent featuring Olivia. Why, yes, that was the most popular song on April 19th, 2005, which is the release date of Psychonauts on the Xbox. Um, it was released on a couple other things too, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But also now that it's 2005, did you guys hear about this thing called YouTube? Apparently you can watch videos on the internet and you can just, you can put your own videos there for people to watch. What a wild concept. That'll never catch on. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I just, it's weird to think about the internet before YouTube. Yes. Uh, Cause getting videos was hard. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, now that we're in 2005, it was really hard to find video content in one place until this year um also hey this fancy new video game console the microsoft xbox 360 uh has just been released this year in north america uh also got to watch the finale of the amazing star wars movies episode three revenge of the sith um yeah it wasn't that great <laughs> No, but I remember seeing it more than once in theaters oh, at the oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might throw shade at it now, but yeah, I I watched, uh, I I enthusiastically watched all of those movies as they were released, and I think I saw all three of the episode one, two, and three movies uh, at least twice, if not more, in the theaters. Um, and also, Wedding Crashers, which man, that's a great movie, uh, was released in 2005. Super funny. Um, and there's a little show that was released. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, TV show called the what is it? The Office. Yeah, I don't know. It probably won't do that well. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Mitch Hedberg, comedian, his death. Sadly, his death was announced on April Fool's Day in 2005, and it led many people to believe that it was a hoax because of the date, which, you know, he's a comedian. Um, you know, I used to love Mitch Hedberg. Mm -hmm. I still do, but I used to, too. Um, also, Guitar Hero was released, which, holy crap, I played a lot of Guitar Hero. Uh, that was like the reason why I continue, like why my PS2 had life and actually why my PS2 died. Uh, <laughs> hero. And then I had to buy the slim that I still have. Uh, and last but not least, how I know it is 2005 is the NVIDIA GeForce LAN 2.0 in San Francisco for the Battlefield 2 PC release uh, was a thing. Uh, the day 
Actually, the GeForce Land 2.0, it it was the same day that Psychonauts released uh, on PS2. Wow. Wow. That's a interesting really little cool. fact. Yeah. Um, I'm going to dive in a little bit on the history here. Yes, uh, please Psychonauts, do. Which uh, I'm, I'm just going to preface. I'm really excited about this game. Um, I've kind of discussed before, Double Fine's uh, one of my favorite developers. And going over the sort of the history and the reception here, I'm just kind of paraphrasing what's generally known on the internet. You know, check out Wikipedia if you want a lot more details because it is an interesting story. Um, but... It is commonly known that Psychonauts was born from an idea from Tim Schafer when he was working uh, for Lucasfilm, uh, excuse me, LucasArts, uh, developing the PC adventure game Full Throttle. Uh, The idea was that there was a sequence that um, the player would guide the protagonist through a sort of peyote field hallucination. (laughs) So sort of a radically different level design but this idea wasn't popular with LucasArts as they wanted to be more family friendly. Uh, so Tim decided to leave LucasArts and to form his own studio, uh, Double Fine. I believe it's Double Fine Entertainment is like the, the full... Anyway, look yeah. it up. <laughs> um, and uh, create what we uh, now know as Psychonauts. Uh, eventually, after some delays with publishing t- uh, trouble, because Microsoft was going to publish this title exclusively for the original Xbox, um, they dropped the title for uh, sort of a number of reasons, but they were able to uh, pick up the uh, uh, publisher Majesco to actually release the game. Um, the game also would... Uh, re- so and changing it from an Xbox exclusive, it did release on Microsoft Windows. And then a little bit later on the PS2, um, they had a separate developer. Uh, the game was critically acclaimed and lauded, but not a commercial success. So only selling in the release window 100,000 units. Um, some years later, uh, Double Fine would actually repurchase the rights from Majesco and release it on Steam. And they would sell about 1.7 million copies is kind of what we would say, which is, you know, obviously that's almost 20 X, you know, what their initial launch was. So that's, I know that's so crazy that um, it would go on to re-release and get those numbers. The steam release is interesting too, because the game needed some updates since this was a few years later, this was 2015. So um, they needed to spruce things up a little bit. Uh, the, so they have some uh, really nice textures in there. They'll look great today. Um, there was one other point I was going to make on this. Um, but I double fine has this sort of, uh, they, they call them in their, um, uh, Double Fine Adventure documentary. They called it. They have evergreen games. So they're they're not the kind of games that sell a lot and then die off. They're kind of the games that they release and then continue to make money over long periods of time. Um, just because they tend to be sort of cult classics. Um, so kind of slowly word of mouth. It's just a weird, interesting phenomena that's not common in the gaming industry. Yeah, it's definitely not common, but that's that's really cool. It's a hard business too, actually, to be in. Um, so, uh, talking a little bit more about the game, um, I'm going to jump into the uh, plot here. Uh, the player assumes the role of a boy named Rasputin, or Raz, um, as he's commonly referred to. 
um, who runs away from uh, his family that are uh, of circus performers. He has a large family, many siblings, um, to join a summer camp for training young psychics. And it's a, sort of a government sort of uh, run uh, operation. So I, I think that's kind of actually kind of funny. I want to point out that he ran away from the circus. Yeah, <laughs> so, ran away but, from the circus to go join a government training operation for psychics for kids. Yeah, it seems like most <laughs> people do the opposite, but <laughs> in, in that particular situation or just run away to the, join the circus in general. Yeah. So uh, Raz uh, sort of quickly uncovers a conspiracy uh, to steal the children's brains, the campers, um, to use them to uh, make sort of psychic-fueled weapons. Um, and what you'll notice is the early levels sort of serve as kind of a tutorial teaching you the mechanics, but later you're sort of using all of your abilities um, to uh, transport yourself into the minds of various characters to solve puzzles and um, thus actually opening up new parts of the overworld. Uh, the setting, uh, which, so the whispering rocks, psychic summer camp, uh, tongue twister is <laughs> rich with like, more lore than it has any right to. So it's positioned near, uh, what is called Lake Oblongata, um, just kind of fitting in with the brain and psychic theme. Um, but there is sort of a abandoned asylum, the thorny torns, uh, excuse me, Thorny Towers, home for the disturbed, um, and which you will later travel to. And uh, the camp was originally a crash site for a meteor made of the fictional element Citanium. Uh, they also have this sort of backstory that um, sort of Native American settlers made arrowheads out of the Citanium and buried them there. And I thought there was this really okay. kind of sort of clever joke that they said, oh, my God, I can't believe this is it. You know, the Native Americans buried their dead here. And they say, no, dummy, they buried their arrowheads here, not dead people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I thought that was kind of funny. Um so I, I'm going to let you kind of talk uh, a little bit about sort of your impressions on the game uh, since I've talked a lot. Sorry, I kept, I need to not have push space bar and then also have to scroll. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like making what the document jump around weird while I'm trying to talk. Okay. So um, yeah, I, I did not play this when this was new at all. Um, I definitely heard about it when it was coming out. Um, and I've always heard really good things about it, but it, at the time I considered myself too old to play games like this. Uh, cause what, 2005, I was 21. Um, and you know, since this was a 3d, you know, platforming type game, I'm like, I only play shooters and first per, you know, or sorry, in real time strategy games and MMORPGs, like, I only do stuff on my PC because that's where big boy grownups play video games. Um, which, man, that was a weird phase. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so anyway, it, it really, like, even though I know it existed, I had little to no interest in it. Um, the only thing that I was re even really playing on console at the time, like I know that we were talking about end of 2004, um, and like playing a little bit of GTA San Andreas in our last episode, but, uh, really like I was playing guitar hero, um, 
that was really the only thing in 2005 that I think that I was playing on any console. Um, cause I was, I was playing battlefield two on PC cause that released at the same time as the PS2 release of, uh, psychonauts. And, and I also only had like a handful of games on my Xbox, um, at that time. And really, I don't know, I had it so that I could, uh, play halo with some friends. Um, but, but really wasn't seeking out exclusive. Well, I guess, I guess it wasn't exclusive. Um, you talked about that, how it was no longer exclusive, um, so yeah, it, it, again, no, no historical reference point for this game. Um, but this time around I did, uh, start playing it or start playing the Xbox version via backwards compatibility on the Xbox one. Um, and it's Xbox one X enhanced. So it is up resed to 4k, um, Things overall, as far as it being an original Xbox game, it looks pretty good. And overall, I would say that it does play well. The 3D platforming isn't too bad. Um, I've heard from like discussing with other people that I know have played this game. Um, they've complained a bit about the 3D platforming. So I had a little bit of that like skewed before I like in my head before I even started playing it. But even think like even kind of expecting it, I'm like, no, this actually is, is not bad at all. I've definitely played uh, other 3D platformers that are that are much more floaty and difficult to control. So um, anyway, this, this I think still is fun. I, I would definitely still consider it to be an evergreen type game in that respect. Um, the main thing that was frustrating to me though um, was when i was fighting against the um the lungfish boss it really wasn't obvious like what i needed to do and i kept dying over and over and over again and what actually what is interesting is like it, it wasn't obvious of how I was supposed to like trigger doing damage, even though I had done it a few times accidentally and I was trying to do what I thought that I had done to reproduce getting him like stuck with the, you know, the, the clam clamping down um, during his attack. Like I just could not get, I, I, was, bleh, I could not reproduce that. So I thought I was doing something wrong. And then I looked up the YouTube video of like, okay, like I've like, I ended up, dying I don't know how many times so I, I looked up how to do it and it turns out no I was doing it right I just wasn't consistently getting that animation to happen where he would be stuck in place where I could attack him um, so that that was frustrating but then even more frustrating than that and, and I think this is probably specific to me playing the Xbox version on the Xbox One X because uh, you sounded very surprised when I when I had said that I was experiencing this issue where I would save my game, like hit start, save, like intentionally save it, not do an auto save, which actually I don't even know if it does auto saves. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Go out of my way to save the game and, you know, shut it down because you can't spend and then resume an original Xbox game on the Xbox one. And when I would load my save and I would come back like my resources were halved. Like I didn't have as many arrowheads. I didn't have, um, 
Well, oh yeah, it is the arrowheads that you need to be able to get that. Uh, oh, what's that vacuum thing called? Um, okay, so there's two things. There's um, I, I, okay, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the cobweb duster. The cobweb duster, yes. Yeah. So I needed that. Um, so I, I needed that for one of the missions or, or I guess levels that I needed to go and do. Um, so I had I was probably only a hundred arrowheads shy from what I needed, which that doesn't take too long is once you have that, um, divining rod. Yeah. The, uh, the, the like, arrowhead yeah. dowsing rod is what they dowsing call rod, it that's in what the it game. Is. You're not, you're not wrong though. So, <laughs> yeah. So the dowsing rod, you know, you, you can easily get like 30 to 50 arrowheads, um, when you're, you know, when you, when it's working. Um, so yeah, I, I only had like a hundred left, save the game, quit, came back, and I had like a hundred arrowheads when I think you need 800 to be able to buy the cobweb duster. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that happened a couple of times where I had inexplicably lost progress even after saving. Um, and I thought maybe like, I thought maybe I was crazy that maybe I had like picked the wrong save and I did intentionally try to pull up a save after just hitting continue. Cause normally that's the way that I was doing it was hitting continue to go back into my game. Um, so yeah, that it, it left a, a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth trying to like get through the early game and just have it lose my progress. Um, I imagine that if I would have played it on PC, I would have not run into the same thing. Um, so next time, maybe. Um, and the last little bit that I have, um, so after fighting the lungfish boss and then being able to throw that little door on his head, um, I loved the godzilla type experience that you get to have where um you're running around the city and then you end up also fighting i can't remember the guy's name he kind of looks like a bean in a like wrestling outfit or like superhero type outfit um i thought that was a lot of fun uh it it, like that whole area made me think of uh the rampage games also um that or like King of the Monsters as well, that uh, Neo Geo side, like 2D fighting game or 2.5D or I don't know what the heck. Yeah, the fact that you can climb buildings is almost certainly a Rampage reference. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so. like I thought that was really cool. Um, and so I only got as far as getting inside of the mind of that crazy guy who's like, you need to find the milkman. Um and I like I went inside and was following the weird neighborhood path and the um, how everything's like upside down or sideways or all over the place. And I did quickly understand what I needed to do to get to certain areas because uh, they have those those guys that are in all different areas that are what are they like wearing wearing suits or yeah they're they're almost like you know, traditional FBI agents and trench coats sort of like, yeah, that's what it was. Um, so yeah, seeing, seeing those guys and seeing the props that they're holding for you to like indicating that you need to go find those things that you can masquerade as them to be able to get into that particular area. Um, I just had an issue with trying to find 
some of those things so that you could masquerade as them and get to different areas of that level. Um, and then that's where I kind of stopped because that was when uh, I ended up, you know, packing stuff up and going to stay at my parents' house for like eight days uh, with my partner and our cats. So um, didn't have anywhere that I could plug in my Xbox uh, and just played a couple things on my Switch uh, while I was there with like, the, you know, the few times I was even able to do that. So anyway, that has nothing to do with Psychonauts, but that unfortunately is where I left off um, and wish that I would have had more of a chance to play uh, some of this game. Yeah, and I think you got a pretty good breath of it. And the fact that you got to sort of taste the Milkman um, conspiracy, you'll get like a lot of meme references with this game. Um, okay. <laughs> and if because if anyone talks about levels in this game, they talk about the Milkman conspiracy because All some right. people are disturbed by it because they see this and like this is this is messed up. Like <laughs> this is like deep, you know. Um, and uh, the boss you were thinking of in Lungfishopolis was uh, Cochamp. Oh, that's um, right. Which is funny because so the you know kind of a, a little spoiler the the main antagonist is the coach so it's sort of a pun on his oh, name. Oh yeah. So this game is just dripping with that stuff though. Like there's I I didn't get that reference until my most recent playthrough that coach Amara. I'm like why is why does he have this like oddly Japanese name <laughs> like almost like but it's a it's a coach pun. <laughs> yeah, and I. I don't know. I, I thought that whole that whole section when you're breaking out the prisoners and it's like, wait, am I actually doing something good right now? <laughs> like, am I am I helping these lungfish or am I actually the bad guy? Yeah. And I, I love, you know, they, they have these little cut scenes that interrupt you and they kind of just talk about like what's happening, like as if you're on the news. And then there's like these little yes. supplemental thoughts, like, uh, <laughs> like abducting children is actually okay at the end. So it's, <laughs> it's clear the the coach is brainwashing the, the lungfish, um, that you're actually inhabiting. So, <laughs> um, it's, you know, that's it. So it's really good. You got a good taste of it. That's one of my favorite levels now. Um, I didn't like it as much before because I feel like that level took a lot of time. Um, and it, it's a fair amount. But um, this last run that I did this playthrough, I did 100%. And it did take nice. a while to actually get everything from that level, mostly because I forgot one of the figments that you were supposed to collect, which... I love, they're just like concept art made collectible. Um, the, the only thing about figments is I will uh, argue they are sometimes hard to see. Um, so it's it's difficult to sort of collect them all. But I forgot a figment at the very beginning of the level. It's like one of those where like you spawn and you need to turn right and there's one right there. <laughs> so that's the one I was missing. Um, I had picked up, um, you know, feel free to chime in here and, you know, any, any, when I'm talking about this yeah, as well. So um, I played the PC version um, and, you know, the Xbox version, you know, runs every bit as good and is very playable. The only th reason I chose the PC version is because it supports the uh, 16 by nine widescreen, whereas the Xbox yeah. is the four by three and you can get used to anything. And I, so I could certainly get used to that is what I like to say. So um but I just kind of preferred to take up more of the monitor if I could. Yeah. I mean, um, why not? 
Yeah. And and the PC has its own share of versions. I know the Xbox One version, that's I, I pulled up some message boards. There were some bugs. At one point you could actually buy the game on Xbox One as a backwards compatible, but it for a few weeks it didn't actually run. It wouldn't launch. It would crash oh. crash on launch, which is a little unfortunate. Oh, yeah. Actually that's something uh, I did not mention. I, so I didn't I didn't experience crash on launch, but I did experience um, the game just hanging at a loading screen yeah. and then it wouldn't, it wouldn't progress. I had to quit the game and relaunch. Yeah. I, w- I was able to find my stride eventually, but like uh, the first thing I did though, I couldn't get it to go because I had it installed on a separate drive that was not my boot drive on my PC. And that causes a bug for the character to completely malfunction. Um, so basically oh, well, I, would get- I would have experienced that then. Yeah, sure. it, yeah. It's it's the uh, when you get to the main menu, it's one of those games that allows you to con- kind of control the main character to select your load file. Yep. And the character totally t poses, and actually was kind of humorous. It, the top of his head was actually like opened up like a hatch for some weird reason. Oh, wow. <laughs> like it was like the character wasn't completely assembled, so it's like the character wasn't loading in. So interesting, but um, once I figured that out, the game ran pretty smoothly from there. I didn't have any real other hiccups. Um, and it's just, you know, it's an old game. I'll, I'll give it that argument. Um, and so, let's uh, pick up here. So I use some of the, you know, like old knowledge from previous playthroughs. Like I remember that the Arrowhead thing was kind of uh, annoying. So I knew that the first thing I had to purchase was the Arrowhead dowsing rod. Uh, because it's actually pretty easy for you to buy things like dream fluffs, which are like health potions for your character. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that um, until right before I had to stop playing. Yeah. And you talking about that, I realized there is an opportunity for the store to really be a little bit more guided Um, because at one point you can buy a couple items, but then you can buy like, two more rows of items and there is a sort of sequence that you should be buying things, but it's not really telling you. Um, but anyway, uh, they, what I really like about this game is just sort of how varied the levels are um, and in design and even your sort of objective. It seems like no two levels are really the same. Um, so every level has like the surprising amount of consistency though, that being said. So like there are, you know, there's, uh, emotional baggage that you have to sort, you have to find the tag and then find the baggage. Yeah. Like Which, what is there, is there anything that goes along with that other than that's just a thing that you can do? It's a collectible and it's kind of like this lock and key sort of collect collectible. So you like, you can find the lock but you that's not doesn't do you any good until you find the key or vice versa so um i thought that was kind of just a clever collectible um i thought that the figments um since all of them are different they just a sort of little like concept art that you collect throughout the game and it sort of just adds more to the like i love that you know they they have things like there's one level you're in sort of these like um you're these in these streets, sort of like Barcelona but later in the game. And they have things like these balconies, which normally look very plain, but they put these little like cat figments on them. So they sort of add to the level design as you're nice. collecting them. So it's like, yeah, it's not quite decoration, but it's not quite all just, 
you know, MacGuffin that you're collecting. So uh, I thought that was cool. The only thing that made me mad about those is that some of them move. So some of them you have to wait for their cycles to reset before you can collect them. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, I noticed that in a few different areas as well. And I was like, I don't know if there's an incentive for me to get all of these. Yeah. So I won't. <laughs> yeah. And definitely, you know, you uh, unlock sort of like your rank. Um, you, you, there's like a hundred ranks, uh, technically actually 101 ranks. And you only gain, you gain ranks by getting experience, which are linked to uh, figments and all the things that you collect. So if you get to 100% of the collectibles, you've made it to rank 100. Um, Got it. So uh, I'll get to the, let's see, um, 101% there. There's a little, <laughs> there's a little story that's associated with that. Um, so I think though, after playing 100%, and I got this from a YouTuber as well. I, f- I forgot the YouTuber's name, so I'm sorry. But they they said that it, it seems like this game is best played when you actually are, um, like, going out to collect 100%, just because it sort of adds to the story as well. So, like, there are different when you go into the mind, um, there are these things uh, called vaults that you have to like find and collect. And they uh, consist of these little, I don't know what they're called. They're like, is it a viewfinder where you kind of like look through the oh, slides? Yeah. yeah um, I thought those were cool. Yeah. It gives backstory to the character. Um, but it's also like particularly interesting, like in an early level. Um, so I'm going to spoil this just one. Uh, you you collect one. It's uh, the basic braining. It's the first level. You go there and you find there's one vault and you you open it and it's uh, called Coach's Pride. And it gives this like story of like, oh man, the coach is such a hero. He accomplished all these things in the army. Yeah. Um, but if you go back to that level with the cobweb duster, so you have to come back to it later, um, it unlocks another vault that you open. It's called Coach's Shame. And it actually just shows that he's a total fraud. He didn't get into the military. Like he's just a, basically an imposter. And I think that is so uh, cool, you know, <laughs> like just that idea. Yeah, you have to go cool. back to you know, get the full story. Um, so I kind of found that there's also um, in uh, there's, there's one that you don't have to go back to, but in your levitation training, um, you learn there is a secret vault that gives like this huge backstory on Mia um, and it oh, basically yeah. on her past. I, I think I found that. Yeah. There was like a, it was like an evil room and, and basically it showed um, that she was a, a, she cared for children and there was a, fi- a terrible fire and they all died, but it was, <laughs> it was super creepy. And she's like, Oh, let's not go there. Like, let's not talk about that. <laughs> There's nothing fun in there. Let's, let's stay out. So anyway, it's just, I think it's kind of funny that you can sort of stumble into these uh, characters, backstories, like literally. Um, yeah. I thought that was a really interesting way to do that. Yeah. And it just, every, you know, I got like, I talked about the Cochamera reference. I get new things every time I play this game. It's just chock full of detail and charm. So um, now the 101%, I wasn't um, actually committed to doing this. I was just going to try and get a hundred percent because you actually don't unlock anything for getting 101% except for an achievement in steam. That's called math is hard, Um, (laughs) which I I thought was funny, but um, there in basic braining, there's a mini game where you actually have to like destroy these cardboard cutouts. It's teaching you how to use your basic attack. 
Um, well, so you do it once and the level unlocks and it lets you go forward. There's actually four more levels of difficulty that if you keep trying to do that game and if you complete all five, uh, you get a rank up, um, which oh, gets you okay. above the 101. So I did this last. I was already 100 when I went and did it, but I <laughs> decided to go back and check it out. And it is, uh, it is difficult. It is um, not easy to do with mouse and keyboard, which I wasn't playing with, but um, it's easier with a... a um, controller, but I felt like I was doing frame perfect movements to actually beat it. it it's oh, not wow. frame perfect. It's probably three frames, but it's like very tight. Like, <laughs> so it's, um, it, it's almost like playing smash brothers where you have to like aim a direction and smash and smash. You do your smash move at the same time. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. that kind of fast precision that you're actually doing it. So, um, anyway, that, that's the story about the 101%. Again, something I learned about this game that, uh, I didn't know before. Nice. Yeah. I, I had not ever heard of that for this game. Um, but so you talking about, uh, things to deal with control input reminded me of the fact that, uh, I think at least half of the time that I played this game, I was playing it using the re-released Xbox one version of the Duke controller. Oh, um, so I was, I was playing Psychonauts with the Duke, um, like I said, for, I think at least half of the time. Uh, but after a while, since I had been doing some other stuff with the Xbox one controller, I was like, no, I'm going to, I need to go back and just play with a regular controller and be comfortable because I don't have the muscle memory of where the buttons are on the Duke. Um, so when, when trying to reach even just for some of the standard buttons, um, I wasn't always successful in hitting the right button. That's that's really cool, though. And I, you know, it's it's funny because this game came out uh, so late in the Xbox's life cycle. Actually, it w- almost was converted to a 360 game um, just because of the sort of micro- Microsoft exclusive um, deal yeah, that they well, had. And, and yeah, it only came out like you know six months before the Xbox 360. Yeah, so uh, Microsoft was almost, had they probably stuck through it, they were probably going to encourage Double Fine to just make it a early Xbox 360 title, which would have been interesting. Yeah, a lot of those early 360 titles that were late development, like previous generation games, really it's obvious that they were previous generation games. Oh, okay. there's no better example than than Cameo. That's an inter- interesting story. Oh, as well. I was thinking of I was thinking of Bully. Oh, oh, also, <laughs> yeah, that was a port, but yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, yeah, that's true. I guess it was a port. That's 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 fair. I wanted to talk a little bit about like just a few things that I thought were really kind of again new sort of new findings, yeah. but like you know since the um, the camp has this sort of like huge titanium uh, deposit. It, the animals, I guess, began developing psychonic, uh, psychokinetic powers. Um, I'm not sure if that's a word. I just made it up. Uh, <laughs> so like the sort of telekinetic levitating bears, um, the pyrokinetic sort of cougars. I don't know if they're actually called this, but I just sort of made these up. Yeah. Um, but th- that's sort of the powers that they have. The cougars set you on fire. The bears uh, attempt to capture you um, using their telekinesis so that they can come up to you and like swat you. Um, later in the game, they have um, when you're sort of climbing the thorny uh, towers, 
uh, like sort of end level, there's these uh, confusion bomb rats that like basically just sort of like suicide attack you. They kind of like your grenade grenades in uh, Pavlov VR. <laughs> like they just <laughs> they run at you. Um, I like the you know a lot of games when they attempt to like confuse you, they usually just do something like invert your controls. Um, yeah. But what I thought was really interesting is they actually sort of mirror the screen. Um, and I believe the controls are also either they're untouched or I think they're untouched because so what you're seeing is opposite. Your controls are are normal, but your character's doing the exact opposite, which is really, really disorienting. Uh, I could, wait, are you talking about when you fight that tank thing? Um, there, there, th- that one does shoot confusion bombs. So it is the same effect. Yes. Okay. Um, they, yeah. I thought it was really effective. Um, whereas most games I'd be like, oh, I can play this backwards. That's not a big deal, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I had a, I didn't have too difficult a time with that specifically, but I did have a difficult time also taking down that boss. Yeah. Um, but not quite as difficult as the lungfish one. And, and the game is, you know, it, it comes, Tim Schafer is his wheelhouse is adventure games. So I, everything, is like a puzzle you know even the bosses like if you don't you're not going to accidentally defeat a boss in this game like you need to kind of know what you're doing um although with um there are there is one boss in the milkman conspiracy there's actually two ways to beat them um which is i I thought was interesting interesting thing yeah so at one point the lights go out and you can use clairvoyance to see from the boss's eyes um or you can kind of just uh, sort of not do that and just sort of like target the boss sort of blindly and, and shoot at them. So it's like one of the like uh, metal gear solid, uh, you know, like move the controller port sort of almost yeah. situation there, you know, Plug into player two. So the psychomantis can't read your mind. Yeah. That, I think that's almost a direct call to that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um uh, I talked a little bit about character backstories, but also um, when you're able to like return to a previous level, they actually added a cutscene and dialogue for like the reason why you're returning. So sometimes oh, okay. going back to those levels, um, uh, you know, uh, particularly with the Milkman conspiracy, you're actually there's a cutscene with the character and say, "Hey, I, I see you're not so confused anymore. Is are you okay if I poke around here a little bit?" And he's like, "Yeah, whatever. Just you know." Uh, so I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, my favorite was Waterloo Worlds, um, which is a huge. Um, it's it's almost like a the level is like a tabletop sort of game for this fictional fictional board game. And um, you're playing, uh, you're trying to help this character um, beat his uh, imaginary Napoleon Bonaparte, which is somehow his, his relative, his great, 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 great That's grandfather or something like that. But it, it is, is really funny. I wish, I hope that you get a chance to play that level at some point. Um, but uh Anyway, um, when you return, you've actually won the game and you're like, hey, man, what's wrong? We won the game. He's like, well, now I'm kind of bored. Like, <laughs> There's nothing going on here. So I thought that was uh, sort of it. it. It sort of services the plot. So I thought that was, that was cool. Right Something they totally didn't have to do. You could have just like gone back to the world, no explanation. So um, yeah, I think that's a nice little touch. 
Yeah, I, I have to hand it to the team too because at some point at the end game, um, it will fork your saves. It'll actually create a save for you that allows you to go back. But I didn't realize that. I had actually gone past the point of no return and thought that I would have had to revert to an earlier save to go back and collect all the things. But they do that just intentionally like, okay, if you're going to collect the things, you need to um, go back before this point. That's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought... It was cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only bummer too. That's, I, I really like when games allow you to play after you've completed the story to sort of complete those things. Yeah, uh, this, this game does not do that. You have to revert to an earlier save before you fight the boss. Yeah, um, I always am pretty bummed when I realize something like that. And again, we're like, like, you're not realizing that you're coming towards the end sequence and then all of a sudden you're in it, you have to do it. And then, Oh, credits. And now if you like, now you can't like load up to that point anymore. Yeah. It's like, I guess I'll never play this again. (laughs) So, um, all right. Yeah. I guess I'm done with this. (laughs) So I think games shortly after this started giving disclaimers, like, Hey, just so you know, you can't actually proceed beyond this point. I mean, what, what they did, I think was a little smarter. They actually, you know, created two saves for you. Um, but, uh, it, and, and to be fair, once you've passed the point of no return, you can go back to the levels and collect things, but only in other people's minds, you can't go back to the camp and collect things there. So that's oh. where the problem and lies. So, okay. Um, but yeah, Waterloo world is my favorite level. Um, that's funny that, that you're mentioning that. I mean, and that I, I didn't know about this, but I, I just watched, um, the first Bill and Ted again. Uh, at my parents' house because they had never seen it. And my mom was like, hey, why don't we watch Bill and Ted? I'm like, really? I mean, <laughs> I would love to, but sure, let's let's put it on. Um, so, you know, when they pick up Napoleon and then he's left with uh, Ted's little brother and they go to the Waterloo water slide place. <laughs> yes. And they, they've got to take, yeah, anyway, it's hilarious it's it's been a long time from that movie myself um just and i was i think pretty young when it came out but um i you you were not alive i think when it came out yeah that's uh that's highly possible (laughs) i think i think it was very shortly before before you arrived um yeah anyway i might have been thinking of the second one too so there's that yeah bogus journey um, yeah. the second one, that one, that one came out, uh, 91, maybe 92 sometime, wow. I think around then. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure, uh, the first Bill and Ted came out in 89. Well, I, do you have anything else you want to talk about with Psychonauts? Thanks for listening to me just sort of, um, ramble. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, 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 wish that I would have had more of an opportunity to, to play this, but, um, you know, personal safety was, uh, was a greater need (laughs) during, uh, the time that we had to play this. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think that I will continue, um, putting some time into Psychonauts just to see, uh, what I haven't experienced yet. You know, and I, I should say I did play the original, um, I rented it, uh, on the PlayStation 2. I remember playing oh, cool. it. So I was playing like Lego Star Wars a lot and I was playing Psychonauts um, a lot. I think I rented it 
you know, once or twice, but nice. there was, I, you know, I, I didn't beat it the first time I played it. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't think I actually completed it till I purchased it on steam. Gotcha. And then, so this was the first time I hundred percented it. And there are very few games that I actually have pushed for a hundred percent. And, yeah, um, the, this one I'm, I'm happy has joined the hundred percent club, uh, just because I, I love it. I love this game. Yeah, it's a good game. I think it. I think overall, it stands up in uh, in modern day. Yeah, I still think it's definitely worth checking out. And based off of the experience I had with the backwards compatible version, I would recommend if anyone is going to play this, um, based off of you know listening to this episode. Uh, though I did not play it on Steam, sounds like that's a better place to play it. Um, but if you don't have the ability to play it on Steam, still definitely worth checking out uh, for backwards compatibility on the Xbox One or finding an original copy uh, for the Xbox or PlayStation 2. Yeah, I think you might even be able to purchase the PS2 version on the PS4. I think that oh. is actually, I think I did come across that. If that's a thing, then that would also, I think, be a great way to play it. Um, yeah, hopefully it wouldn't have any of the same bugs that I was experiencing um, for the backwards compatible version. Yeah. Which, this is the very first time that I've ever run into issues like that with uh, any of the backwards compatible games on Xbox. Yeah. And I, you know, a lot of how these Xbox ports that did make it to PS2, you know, it is not the, uh, the perfect version out of the three, you know, it was the one sure. that had the longest load times and maybe, you know, ran at the slowest frame rate. But um, as far as a, you know, sort of, unadulterated like original experience that's probably the way to yeah. go yeah I, I mean i always like checking out um original versions of possible and i was almost going to uh i was almost going to pick this up for the original xbox which i'm glad i didn't for this episode specifically because yeah. i wouldn't have been able to play but um i noticed that it goes for like 50 ish or more dollars on the xbox um, so that's also, I was like, uh, maybe I'll just do the nine ninety nine version, uh, for backwards compatibility. I don't know how much it goes for on the PS2. Um, yeah. So I don't know which version is more expensive, but I mean, um, as we thrown that out there for the folks that might want the, uh, the copy for the original version. Yeah. And I mean, originally it didn't sell a lot. So that's usually inherently they yeah. become expensive just because of the scarcity. So, yep. Um, but people are still selling sealed copies of the Xbox version um, wow. on eBay. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's, that's all I've got about Psychonauts. Is that all you got? Anything else we should do in 2005 before we go back? Oh, um, probably a lot, but <laughs> yeah, probably a lot. Um, buy some stock in, in Google because you know, you, I mean, actually, to be fair, they didn't actually uh, own YouTube at this point. No, Google they didn't. didn't launch it. So I forget about that sometimes. Yeah, that YouTube was its own independent thing prior to uh, Google. And um, oh, I think, oh, this was a pre iPhone world. Yeah, it was. I think iPhone was oh, 2006. A simple time. <laughs> what a... Uh, didn't stare at my phone for hours a day. 
Oh, I did. I played Snake on my my Nokia. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess let's hop back in the time machine, and um, we're going to be heading back to August thirtieth, two thousand and twenty. So here we are, stepping foot. And we now have arrived back into the present day. Um, that was that was a nice little time that we just had in 2005. Um, but I guess now it's time to move on to talk about what we've been playing. Um, to nobody's surprise, probably, um, I played some Overwatch. Um, I did a lot of it on the Switch. Uh, cause like I mentioned, I was not anywhere where I had my gaming computer or Xbox or anything else plugged in. Um, so I just had my switch and I tried playing, uh, in handheld mode at first quite a bit, which I mean, I have done. Um, but I don't know, it really, it wasn't working that well for me as far as like my, my comfort level. Um, so I spent a lot of time like propping it up on either the nightstand right next to the bed or, um, I don't know, in, in the guest room that I was in, there was an, a, a short kind of little cabinet that I also propped it on and then sat like with my back against the bed. Um, I, I played w- the switch in tabletop mode, I think more than I've ever have since I have owned my switch. Um, and played in a lot of rather uncomfortable positions. Um, but I just, at the end of the night, just like, I just, I need to play something. I needed to, um, just, I don't know, turn, turn my brain off. Cause it was, it was a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of interaction and I'm, I haven't been used to a lot of interaction. Um, so it was, you know, like a solid week of, being with my mom and my stepdad, which again, was, it was wonderful. It was really great seeing them, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of face-to-face interactions. So, um, tried to play, you know, maybe 30 minutes or something at the end of the day, if possible, but had a really great time, uh, with Overwatch on the switch. It, it, it plays better, I think, than I remember, or, or it's been updated to yeah. play a bit better and it and is a bit more solid. Um, I really didn't notice that much slowdown uh, as I was playing this time around. Um, not as much as like the beginning of, of like when it was first released on the switch, but you know, played, played a bunch of mercy like I do and some Brigitte. Um, nothing else to really say other than I had fun. I, I'm not really sure if I actually played Overwatch these last couple of weeks. What's I, funny is that's that's still in the outline from the previous oh, episode. That's my I fault. I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you normally play it, and I mean, and normally, you know, you and I have at least one occasion where we've played some Overwatch together, but that did not happen in this last couple of weeks. So. Yes. Yeah. I've been kind of just obsessed with a couple other things. Um, so that's what uh, kind of. <laughs> pulled away from my overwatch playing but i want to get back to it um we should soon heck yeah i'm i'm about to finally uh on pc like right now i'm level 100 i'm about to get my promotion and get my star and go back down to level one (laughs) (laughs) there you go that's that's awesome i i um 
I am not that level. I think, you know, still like level maybe 48 or something. So that's all right. Yeah, like the, the levels don't mean anything. It just means that like that, that's basically like your playtime counter right there is what your level is. Um, at least, you know, that's at least how I think of it. Yeah. It's, it's like a, uh, a weighted, uh, playtime, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Like it doesn't correlate to any specific amount of time, but it just indicates like, yeah, you've played a lot or not. Yes. At varying levels of success. <laughs> yes. Um, I, let's see. Um, you know, of course, been playing Psychonauts uh, as well. So No way. Me version. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a... Uh, that that I mean I I think it only took me like a week to play through, but that's pretty much all I played for for that yeah. week almost every day. Yeah, I remember remember seeing you on Steam. You were like dedicated playing only Psychonauts, and I was like, here I thought I had time, and I was like bouncing over like all over the place playing a bunch of different things because I was like, I got plenty of time to finish Psychonauts. Yeah, I mean, there's there's fairly. Uh, few games that actually can get their hooks in me as I like to call it. And this game, it was like almost like playing it new for the first time again. I'm like, I had to get as far as I could. Um, cause there were, I was just excited to play later levels in the game. So nice. (laughs) Um, I'm going to talk about, uh, one more and we can talk about it a little bit together since we've both been playing it, but, uh, Microsoft flight simulator, um, so I played a little bit and I did my first, I just tried to do a solo journey Yeah, uh, and I, I flew from, uh, San Francisco, um, to, uh, another town, um, in, in, uh, like a small municipal airport. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so I just, uh, I went, you know, just to, to fly, but I got really frustrated with the throttle control on the controller, um, because I couldn't, Oh, I couldn't tell if I was actually by the engine noise, like decelerating or accelerating some of the time, like, and the plane was beeping at me for seemingly no reason. Oh, it means you were, uh, over speed. That's kind of what I thought, but then I'd slow it down and then, oh, it seems like I'm okay. Okay. It stopped beeping and I'm flying along. And then it's like, I'm really close to the ground now. (laughs) Like this is Uh. bad. Um, so I was having a lot of trouble, like sort of controlling it. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Can, can you lock in your throttle with a controller? Um, so you have to hold the a or B button to, um, to so get it to increase or decrease. Yes. You have oh. to hold it. Um, that sucks. Yeah, that was kind of bad. And then I was also having trouble like getting my landing. I didn't understand how to communicate with the flight towers necessarily. I I switched that to all AI controlled. Like all of my okay. flight comms, uh, I set the settings to just have the AI deal with all of the radio stuff. That's that's actually a good tip because I'm glad we're talking about this because uh, after this flight and not being able to secure my runway and them telling me I needed to get off the runway after I had successfully landed, I was like, all right, I just spent like 40 minutes doing this journey and this was an entirely frustrating experience. So I uninstalled it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I fell off. And now if I do get a, a hotel set up, I will revisit this game. But um, uh, I just was like, I can't do this with a controller. It does not feel good. 
Yeah, I I haven't tried it with a controller. Um, I have used my Logitech flight stick that I got a number of years ago. I tried using my Microsoft Sidewinder 3D Pro. Um, it's recognized by Flight Simulator 2020, um, but not on the button mapping screen. So I effectively can't tell it to do anything um, unless I was doing something wrong. Like I, I should go back and check it out because I, I definitely prefer that flight stick to the Logitech one that I have. Uh-huh. Um, but it's old. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like late 90s old. Um, like USB was new when I got this flight stick. Yeah. It's that old. <laughs> um, but it's still so great. Um, anyway. Yeah, I so yeah, I played quite a bit of well, quite a bit. I don't know, uh, a few hours, I'd say, of Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Um, and part of the reason I played it so much is I did have like two two days off from the work week, um, in like the very be like I guess right after our last recorded episode, I took like a Monday Tuesday off. Um, and this is what I, I did with one of those days um, after having a very lovely day out, <clears throat> excuse me, taking a hike uh, the previous day. So yeah, I put, put a decent amount of time into this. I did all of the uh, initial, like learn how to fly the Cessna um, tutorial missions. Um, I did a few of the landing challenges that are there. Like I, I got an achievement for landing on like a, like a tiny scrap of a runway, like the tiniest little runway that I had ever seen. Wow. Um, might as well have been 20 feet. I think it was like a 200 <laughs> foot runway or something, or I don't know, actually is 200. Is that, does that sound reasonable? Like, is that possible? I mean, if it's a tiny scrap, uh, I, th- I think so. You would have to almost stall your plane probably before you got there. Like, yeah, um, it was anyway. Uh, oh, and I, I also got to, land a, a jumbo jet at JFK airport as one of the challenges. Um, yeah, the, the things, the things that were a little bit confusing for me at first is if you are using the joystick, you also still have to use your keyboard for yeah. certain things. Cause there aren't enough buttons, at least on the joystick that I have to map everything. Um, and, I didn't even think about deploying landing gear because when you're first flying, you're flying with a Cessna, which it's landing gear is permanently out. You can't, you can't retract it or deploy it. It's just there. Yeah. So the first time that I tried landing the jumbo jet, I forgot about deploying my landing gear and just went belly straight down onto the runway. Like after coming up to it, like everything was, everything was perfect. Like, I had everything angled right. My speed was good. And then just the screen goes black as soon as you crash. And it's like, you forgot to deploy your landing gear. And I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, I did. I don't even know how to deploy my landing gear. Um, so I have since learned how to do that, um, which I, I actually realize I have forgotten how to do because it's been over a week since I've played this now, probably at least a week and a half since I played it. Um, but yeah, I also did the fly over my house thing. I actually ended up flying from, uh, I can't remember. I took off from a small municipal airport. That's like a couple hours away. Uh, and then flew in 
to my city and got really close to where my house was. And it's, it's really like, it's so cool that if, if you know from a map view, like where, like your general area, it's really easy to distinguish all of the, like, I guess, landmarks and things that you should be looking for if you're trying to find your own house, because it's using uh, real map data of the earth. So yeah, I like, I was, I don't know, I was, for the kind of plane I was in, I was really low when I was flying over my house. And then I ended up circling back and coming around and then flying down my street, like probably only 30 feet above the ground. But because the speed that I was going and the fact that there's like a little hill kind of at the end of my road, I smacked right into that hill. (laughs) Uh, I could not pull up fast enough. Um, but yeah, it was, it was super fun at least, you know, like, Hey, there's my house. Um, and I do, I do want to try, uh, I mean, there's still quite a few places that I I just want to fly over. Like I'm, I'm probably less interested in doing a full simulation experience, like, you know, start to finish from takeoff to landing and like, more interested in just like getting up in the air to be able to look at things and uh, just kind of do ridiculous things in the plane. Yeah, because the um, the flights are are basically real time. Um, yes, they are. So uh, I it mean, takes a long time. Yeah, I mean, I know that they have this feature that you can um, you know actually recreate commercial flights like that are actually happening. Like, you know, like maybe if you know somebody who's on a plane, you're like, oh yeah, I flew your plane, you know? (laughs) So, but you're, you're in it for the whole time. I, I kind of, I wonder, I'm sure some of the bigger planes have sort of an autopilot. So you can step away from the controls. You can definitely do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You can set autopilot so that, yeah, you can get up and go to the bathroom. You can get up and probably walk away for a couple of hours. Uh, Cause I think there's a, I think there's an achievement of like, doing a real flight of like a crazy distance of like an eight hour flight or more. Wow. Um, where, yeah, I, for that, it'd be just me like taking off, flying a little bit, autopilot set a time, excuse me, set a timer to come back. Yeah. Um, and then land the plane. Yeah. I mean, man, what if you crashed it at the end? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) Yeah, hopefully yeah, maybe that, quick that would be safe. a quick save. That would be nice. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's a really really good looking game. Yeah. Um, I noticed having it on like 4K to match my monitor's resolution. Um, I was like right at like 28 to 35 frames a second. Yeah, pretty much. Um, which I guess doesn't matter. It's such a slow game. Yeah, it, um, it it doesn't in a way. I did notice I had this weird bug where if I, um, what was my solution? I think if I had, there was something with the on-screen display. If that was shown on my screen and it was like in full screen mode, the game ran at like 12 frames per second for some weird. reason. But if I moved it over like the instructions to my secondary monitor, I'd go straight back up to, you know, 60 plus, you know, I was, so that was kind of a weird, interesting thing. So I think it was just sort of conflicting, but um, yeah, this, this, 
game is no joke. It brings my system to its knees and it's, yeah, my system's two years old now, but it was pretty high end at that time. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, you have to kind of be very, very conservative with the settings because it's, it's built to be a future proof title. That's the idea. Oh yeah. Like this, this is like the new crisis. Yeah, exactly. Even, yeah, even screamingly good computers right now, it'll bring them to their knees. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I played played that. Um, let's see. Also, didn't put a ton of time into it, but I saw that it had been released. Um, played a little bit of Battletoads for the Xbox One. Um, it's also on PC on Game Pass. Um, but it's, uh, it's a beat-em-up. It's fun. Um, I think it's local co-op only. So sadly you can't play online with people, but it supports up to three players. Um, which it is kind of weird that specifically for now, like everything that's going on with it being 2020, that you can't do online multiplayer. Cause I feel like your ability to do in-person co-op there's some reasons that you maybe shouldn't be doing that right now. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a, I think an interesting choice, but it's, it's fun. Um, I think the humor is great. The, the art in it is pretty cool. Um, I, I do like the art style. Um, it definitely reminds me of, I, you know, the original battle toads and those, those characters, um, and I don't know the general, the general attitude is very like nineties, um, you know, it reminds me a little bit of the Battletoads double dragon game, but it's not quite as hard as that game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have a, a frame of reference. I didn't play Battletoads. I know of it though. So for sure. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Definitely, uh, definitely recommend checking it out. It's on game pass. And then also speaking of game pass, which flight simulator 2020 is on um also started playing demons tilt occult pinball um it's really good uh it's on game pass for pc and xbox one uh i ended up actually paying for it on the switch um because i wanted to be able to play it while i was away from home and it's a great video game pinball game like it's not trying to emulate a specific table like Mm -hmm. the pinball fx games which those are are great uh recreations of real tables that exist like this is a three-tiered specifically video game pinball game that kind of has some bullet hell elements to it um it it self-describes itself having like beat em up type elements to it because and I could kind of see that where once you do enough damage to different like faces or characters that are in this pinball table they get replaced by another character um and then there's different patterns of like bullets that come down from it and all the bullets affect the way that you're like the ball is moving um there, there's really cool stuff in this, and I don't, I don't play a ton of like video pinball games, but I highly recommend this. It's super cool. 
Yeah, that that I was I was just watching a trailer. It looks really good. It's almost like the table is like a boss that you're trying to. Yeah, uh, and I, I like I like that idea um, because I'm not I'm not particularly interested in pinball because I don't consider myself a good pinball player. Oh, I am um, not good at pinball either, but this is this is fun. I, yeah, I like the idea that they're completely embracing. Like, this is not we're not attempting to make a, a real pinball game like a. Yeah. something that could exist. This is just a video game pinball game. Um, there's uh, there's another one that actually reminds me of this and I own it, but I haven't played it yet. It's uh, called uh, Yoku's Island Express, which is almost like a Sonic Spinball sort of game. Oh yes, um, Sonic Spinball, the game everyone loves to hate. Yeah, and I, you know, I have fond memories. I, I, mean, I, like I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to play it. Yeah, necessarily today, I but like I remember having fun with it. But it's one of those like it's a platformer, also a pinball game. Okay, so. Um, it's uh yeah the mechanics on how you traverse are kind of like that. I want to play that soon, and I hear it's very good. Um, so I'm going to be uh, checking that out. A little preview there for you. Nice. <laughs> um, it was definitely one of those games I I like picked up on sale, but I was like I'll get to this at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely I've definitely heard of it, uh, but I don't know if I've ever looked into it. Um, I will talk a little bit about what I've been playing most of, um, I guess second to Psychonauts because I played a lot of Psychonauts, but um, StarCraft 2. So um, my team, my um, my two friends that we've I've been playing with, I actually have three friends that I'm playing with, but one is very occasional because he has a small child now. But <laughs> uh, yes, that's, that's okay. It's totally uh, understandable. We do get to play with them sometimes, which we're happy about, so. Uh, sorry, buddy, if you're listening. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, StarCraft II, we've, we were approaching um, the edge of Platinum League. We're Platinum 1, so we're trying to get promoted into Diamond, and there is a considerable difficulty uh, sort of wall between uh, Platinum and Diamond. So we're losing a lot right now um but it just makes what's weird is that we're practicing and we're getting better <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's weird you you play the difficulty increases and then you yeah. keep playing and you actually get better what a novel concept right yep. so um anyway so that's been like really interesting to see because we can actually tangibly see how much better we're playing um but it's also fun to kind of learn new tricks uh I play a Zerg. I didn't know if I mentioned that before. No, That's my thing. I, I don't. I used to play as Terran when I started, but um, I there was a need because uh, two of my friends play Terran and one friend plays Protoss. So I'm like, okay, gotcha. there's a, there's a hole in our game here. So, um, and also uh, one of the more terrifying things is actually if you go up against uh, three races that are the same um, that is usually a sign that you're about to get some really big shenanigans as we call it some really big cheese is going to happen because uh, basically they're going to take one early unit that's broken and they're probably going to make a lot of them <laughs> Got it. so basically it's going to be like one super player uh, that you have to battle against so that's it but there are just as many weaknesses. So you have to be able to identify those weaknesses and, yeah. and act on them. So um, so if you go up against three Protoss, there's a pretty good chance you're going to get cannon rushed. Uh, <laughs> so for example, um, and uh, you know, one person might just mine and, and you can actually 
give resources to the other players yeah. too. It sort of feed them, so as it's called. So, uh, so yeah, it's interesting. It's you know uh, occasionally pretty frustrating, but we've also had some really close games. And when the games are close, those games are so rare. I'm not even mad whether we win or lose because it was just yeah. a good game. Yeah, I mean that's those are always satisfying no matter what you're playing. Like if you, even if you lose, but you've, you've had the ability to play a very like well-matched game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's almost nothing better than that. It's like, we're always like, you know, we're either winning by a, a bit, usually losing by a lot. And then some, you know, maybe like, yeah, less than 2% of games or something are just super close. Like I remember Overwatch when we were playing that one. It's a good game. I always say, I'm like, man, I don't care that we lost. That was awesome. Like, (laughs) yep. I always, yeah, I hate, well, maybe not, maybe not hate. I was going to say hate stomping the other team. It's just not that fun. Um, And it's especially not that fun being stomped. Um, Yeah. Always love a, a good matchup. Um, so let's see anything else about Starcraft two before I rattle off a couple other little things that I've played. Uh, the campaign has been on top of my mind because I actually still yeah. haven't finished it. Even oh. though I've owned uh, legacy of the void uh, since launch, I, I played it initially, but really just kind of stuck to the multiplayer. So gotcha. um, I'm going to probably play that. Um, so that's, that's my cool. only other thought. Right on. Um, let's see. Um, I got to play a little bit of Jackbox Party Pack on the Switch when I was uh, staying with my parents. Um, had them play You Don't Know Jack, the okay. 2015 version. Um, and then also uh, the four of us ended up playing Drawful, which that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that that one is fun. I like um, most of the Jackbox games that are involved drawing. Um, yeah. Though uh, I do like the trivia too, so I'll have to check out that. You don't. I've never played. You don't know Jack. So, what? Yeah. I. Oh my god. I own Jackbox Party Packs like three, five, and I think if there's a six, I probably own oh, that one too. Man, but. I've been playing. Uh, you don't know Jack since the original. You don't know Jack release, which I think was that. DOS or did it or did it support 90 Windows 95? I don't know. Wow. I don't I can't remember. Um I think at least it, it was at least a Windows 95 thing. Um but yeah, man. Uh you don't know Jack is is a very funny trivia show uh or trivia game show type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh you could do up to four players on the original Jackbox Party Pack version. I don't know if there's more in the future Jackbox releases or how many other You Don't Know Jack versions there are, uh, but it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, it was funny too, because when I brought it up, my stepdad was like, oh, You Don't Know Jack. He's like, I remember this. Because mm-hmm. um, I had him play the original one with me. And I think I had volumes two and three um, as well for the PC slash you know, Windows 95, 98 era. Um, yeah, so played, played a little bit of that, which was great fun. Um, and then also, uh, some castle crashers remastered on the switch. Um, so I got that on sale, I think quite a while back, played a lot of castle crashers on the 360, um, back when it was new. 
So I thought, you know, to change things up from, from Overwatch one evening, I was like, I'll play some Castle Crashers. And it's potentially more difficult than I remember. Or I don't know if there's different things about the remastered version or what. Like, I, I don't know. There was a there was like a month or two that I played the heck out of it with one of my roommates. And maybe that's also the difference is I'm playing it by myself and it just feels way more difficult than I remember. Mm -hmm. I keep dying. um, And I feel like, I feel like it's like I haven't leveled up enough to be able to put enough points into something, whether it's the special, my health, my defense, like, I don't know. Um, like maybe I've leveled incorrectly because I feel like I keep getting up against a wall and I just can't beat one of these early levels. Um, so it was kind of frustrating. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here, but I'm definitely doing something wrong. I would probably check out maybe like a review because maybe they talk about that. And sometimes I love watching reviews for games that I'm playing because it helps me sort of validate what I am thinking about the game or they may acknowledge, um, hey, this is kind of broken if you're playing by yourself or something like that. So yeah, that's fair. um, Yeah, I I, I should check that out. Yeah, I, um, I do enjoy like IGN's reviews. I just really like how they're structured too. So I watch those. Um, Yeah. And um, I said that uh, I, since I'm already talking, um, yeah. was going to play uh, the MMO, uh, 2D MMO Maple Story last time. And yes. I, I did fire it up, um, though I, it is an old game. Um, it, you know, was made in Korea. I don't think the localization is super good on it. It is translated, is fully translated, but not, I, I think, necessarily in an approachable manner. Um, okay. Everything's very text heavy. Um, my uh, girlfriend is having a blast with it. Um, so she's been playing a lot. She's actually met uh, someone online that she's actually becoming friends with this, and she may meet up with, actually, which is kind of cool. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, it's it's like kind of one of those like people you know, people meeting their friends from the, the MMOs that they're playing. Yeah. So uh, I think that's super cool and I'm super happy for it, but it's just, I don't have the nostalgia there. So, yeah. and I was kind of tired when I was playing it, which is like the wrong time to try and swallow like a new MMO. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll check it out. I was also a little bummed that the, um, <laughs> The resolutions that it supports on your PC, uh, the 1080p mode is a beta feature. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it likes to run at like, I think, you know, 800 by 600. It likes to be small. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> um, I remember when I could run things in 800 by 600, that was good. Yeah, exactly. I remember I, I had a Dell monitor in 2000, early 2000s that were, that was a... a 800 by 600 i'm like man this is so much better yeah (laughs) so um anyway uh i i you know i don't know if i'll get back to it um but i uh it it definitely does seem interesting and there is a lot of content there um and a uh mind-boggling enough of classes like there you classes are pretty standard but i think i saw like hundreds of classes that you can select it was it seemed like well We'll say more than a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know if it's for me, but I, I tried it. Yeah. Well, right on. At least you tried it. I did. Um, let's see. Last thing for me that I played uh, was part of the Nintendo Switch Online Super Nintendo collection of games, uh, which was Star Fox. Um, and I played through and beat Star Fox one evening in bed before going to sleep while I was, um, you know, out of out of town, like I mentioned. And I think it holds up pretty well. I mean... But to be fair, I have nostalgia for Star Fox because I remember when it first came out. Um, and I didn't own it when it first came out, but when I was going to a babysitter, um, I played it there and played the heck out of it. Um, so yeah, I played through it and beat it again. Um, and I, I don't know, I still think it's I still think it's really great. I know that it you know, drops down to 15 or 20 frames a second, or maybe not even drops down. That could just be what it operates at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I still think it's really uh, a, a lot of fun. I think it's, I, I, I've also grown to appreciate flying in first person a lot more um, as it's, or as I've, I guess, kind of gotten used to, to playing games like that, where traditionally, like when I was growing up, I only ever wanted to play it in third person, even though there's at least one episode or one level that forces you into uh, first person. Interesting. Um, it sounds like Star Fox made your babysitter's job very easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, and, and this is, I mean, this is like when I went to um, a daycare. Like, I can't remember what year this came out, but I think it was shortly after this that I stopped um, going. But yeah, like that's that's how I got to play a lot of different games. Um, at least when I was, you know, pretty young. Um, you know what? Your your parents probably figured out that all they needed was Star Fox and a SNES and then they didn't need to send you to daycare anymore. <laughs> I mean... Pretty much. Yeah. I got to I got to a certain age and I was like, hey, so can I just not go anymore? Like I promise I won't burn the house down. Cause like a lot of the kids are really a lot younger than me. So and like I live right across the street from our school. So can I just can I just let myself go to school and then come back home and <laughs> I'll just stay home? I promise not to do any weird stuff with strangers. Yeah. Um, so then I got to go home and just play video games by myself. Um, yeah. So yeah, did Star Fox and then uh, something that I haven't played, but um, the first thing that I've like pre-ordered in quite a while, uh, I was browsing around on Steam yesterday actually and saw that there is a new Walking Dead VR game coming out called Walking Dead Onslaught. And I know that there's uh, already the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners that's on that's VR. But that's more, I guess, survival horror-ish where this, I don't know. It it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's gonna have breakable weapons and all of the like I guess, survival-y type elements, or maybe it will, and I just wasn't paying attention when I pre-ordered it. Anyway, it looks fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about it other than it looks like a fun 
VR zombie game, which there are a plethora of. It looks intense. And I was looking at this. I'm like, whoa, what's the uh, uh, main protagonist for um, that? Uh, God, that new Kojima game that came out on PlayStation. Was it? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Norman Reedus. Yeah, Norman Reedus. Like, uh, he's he's in that that PlayStation game. I forgot what it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Death Stranding. Death Stranding. I was like, something yeah. with delivery. No, I'm like, yeah, the, the Death Stranding guy's in this. <laughs> yes, Norman Reedus. Yeah. And I, so, yeah, I think you actually play as Daryl, um, who is Norman Reedus's character in The Walking yeah. Dead. I, I see, um, basically, I, I didn't watch Walking Dead, so seeing Norman Reedus in digital form is actually more familiar to me than the actual character. Oh, that's <laughs> too is, funny. It's a weird thing. So, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I'm excited. That, that'll hopefully be fun. Uh, that'll be something coming out uh, September 29th. Oh, my God. So actually, that's just, a, I think, a week before, um, if even a week before, the Star Wars Squadrons game comes out. So it looks wow. like uh, end of September, early October is going to be a good time for uh, VR owners. Yeah, I I was also, I, I wanted to experience Tetris Effect in VR too, but I was looking up, I'm like, I don't know if that one's on PC or if it supports so VR. It's on PC, but it's only on the Epic Store. Uh-huh. And I think that it supports VR um, for the PC version. I would, you um, know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a resident evil seven situation where it only supports PS VR, but not um, actual VR. So yeah, I hope that's not the case. And I, and actually speaking of like Tetris effect, there's going to be a new version with a much wider release uh, coming out soon. I, I can't remember the, the, the difference in the name or all of the platforms, but I know that it is coming to Xbox. Um, so I hope that it's coming to something like Steam, and I hope that it also has VR support. Because um, Tetris Effect, it's, it's a beautiful game. Um, it, it's, it's incredibly well done. Um, it's, it's one of the biggest reasons why I have continued to pull out my PS4 on a, on a semi-regular basis. I mean, other than like playing persona, which I still want to get back to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great game. Like I, I play it with my partner. She's fantastic at Tetris. Like she's so much better than I am. Mm. Um, she doesn't really play games, but she plays that and does it very well. It, it looks like um, the, that's awesome. First of all, I gotta say, but uh, the uh, the connected um, version that's coming out, uh, it's launching as on Xbox One, but it's also going to be a smart delivery title. Um, okay, nice. Which is cool, and it almost uh, it seems like they're going to be releasing on the Windows Store, which almost I think does does uh, smart delivery include Windows to store devices? I I don't know. Um. Well, I feel like Windows versions, it makes it not necessary for smart delivery. Well, if I was thinking if you purchased on Xbox One, could you play it on PC as well? Oh, like play anywhere. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like that. I think that'd be awesome. I'll Google it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, that's, that's everything I've been playing. That's everything that I'm thinking about playing. 
um, with the exception of what our next episode's focus is going to be. Um, is there anything, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get into to that and then our outro? I'm, I'm too excited. I need to know what we're playing next. Okay. Well, uh, for the next episode, we are going to be focusing on Star Fox 64. Um, so a little bit of spoilers as I was talking about Star Fox, the SNES version, but I think playing that's actually what led me to want to play 64 again. Um, though I love the first game, I definitely think 64 is a better game. Uh, and I haven't played it in a while, so I'm, I'm looking forward to playing through that again. Um, I think I will be trying to play it on my uh, Nintendo 64, but there's also the 3DS version that was released, um, which has the original Nintendo 64 version on it. Um, I still think it's newer, like, visual assets. Mm. Um, but it, the mode is the same, and then there's also the 3DS version. Um, and, you know, if... if the only way that people can play is on the 3DS. That is a great way to be able to play the game. Um, but I, I can't wait to throw it in my my N64 with my Rumble Pack ready to go uh, and play some Star Fox 64. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This game uh, means a lot to me. I think when in the early days of the N64, it was kind of like my favorite game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great game. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's what we'll be talking about in a couple of weeks. Um, for you listeners out there, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Radio Public. Um, there might even be something that I don't even know that it's on. Um, and if so, let me know. <laughs> um, yeah, why don't you come on and join us next time where we're going to talk about video games and uh, I'm sure whatever else we've been doing. So, bye for now. Catch you next time. <laughs>